No man is greater. This is your nugget this morning. No man is greater than his No man is greater than his prayer life. Let that sink in. And uh, <laughs> I hate to say it. My prayer life needs to come up to the, that standard. Amen. No man is greater than his prayer life. Okay. Father, we're praising you and we just give you thanks, Lord, as uh, we look to your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, that it gives us excitement, brings us into greater maturity. Thank you, Lord, that it will challenge us to do greater things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, since this is... Um, December and almost Christmas. I believe most of us have heard or attended parties or gatherings where they exchange gifts. Amen. Uh, at such events, gifts range from gag gifts to very nice and expensive gifts. At some events, when it's your turn, you have an option to take an unwrapped gift that's already presented or steal that gift and from another person. Sometimes it's a good laugh, and other times it's not a welcome procedure. <laughs> it's a challenge for the person to give it up. Amen? Oh, me. Okay. Here we are approaching Christmas, that special time of the year. For Christmas time, we are to acknowledge God's special gift to us. So if you'll turn with me to Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 1. That special gift from God. Matthew chapter 1, looking at verse 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and she shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted, God with us. A gift. God with us. Emmanuel. Glory to God. What a gift that's precious and immeasurable. Now, have you ever considered how much it costs Jesus to come to earth? To take on flesh to dwell among us? Have you ever thought about that? Imagine Jesus in heaven, fully God, and with all the privileges of omnipotence, choosing to come down in the flesh to serve his creation, man. God is going to serve man. Let's turn to the book of Philippians at this point. Philippians chapter 2. 
That's Philippians chapter 2. Look at verse 6. That's Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Wow. Why? Why was this done? Why would Jesus, God, want to do such a thing? Turn to the book of Luke, chapter 10. That's Luke, chapter 10. That's, did I say Luke? Mark, I mean, Mark, I'm sorry, Mark. That's Mark, chapter 10. Why did he come? Mark chapter 10, looking at verse 45. And even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That's why he came, as a ransom, to give his life. Of course, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Turn with me now to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. Oh, glory to God. What did Jesus give up? Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 15. That's Hebrews 4, 15. For we have not an, a, a high priest which cannot be touched with feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Jesus was fully God, yet he became, he chose to be fully a man. To, to be tempted like us, yet without sin, to experience everything that we experience. Heart, uh, heart full of joy, sadness, sorrow. He experienced everything that we experience, man could experience. Jesus chose to come as a baby. Totally dependent upon everyone around him. God chose to be totally dependent upon everyone around him. The God, the giver of all life, would receive life through the womb of a teenage girl. As God, he was dressed in robes of glory, but he came to earth wrapped up in swaddling clothes. God, the bread of life, the great provider, is laid in an animal's feeding trough. God, who nurtures all creation, 
is being nursed by his mother, Mary. God, who's pure and clean, as a baby requires bathing and cleaning. Wow, what did he give up? God, a God who is changeless, came as an infant and must grow into manhood. The God who holds the universe in his hands clings tightly to his mom's hand. What did he give up? God who spoke the world into existence must learn to talk. You ever think of these, these things? What he had to do? This is a challenge. This is a challenge he had. The God who walked with Adam and Eve in the garden has to learn to walk. The God who protects his own must now be protected himself as a child. The God who is the perfect one is now mocked, jeered, and persecuted by his peers. God who formed every living creation or formulated every cre living creation, must learn to do math. God who wrote the law must go to school and learn the law. God who created all things beautiful. As a man, he died upon a cross, a tree, for you and me. Jesus became a man by choice. And it was a costly choice. He initiated the greatest exchange, gift exchange, the world would ever know. He exchanged his omnipotence for helplessness. He exchanged the streets of gold of heaven for dust, dirt and mud and sand. He exchanged the, the beauty and the wonder of heaven for a chaotic earth. Man, some of these things. To abandon them, as it were, to come down here to minister to you and I. Jesus ex exchanged it also that we can be restored to a fellowship and relationship with God the Father. The story of Christmas calls for a second exchange. The giving of our part. God wants this exchange. He wants our darkness to give us his light. 
He wants our sadness and pain to give us his joy and rejoicing. As God, he wants our sicknesses to give us his wholeness. He wants our purposelessness to give us life with meaning. He wants our sin to give us total forgiveness. He wants our shame for complete acceptance. It's something that we need to all be aware of this quote Christmas holidays. We can't become distracted by what the world offers us. We can't hold on to past things. Don't get extract, uh, uh, distracted by what the world offers you. Instead, we need to accept the gift of God. Emmanuel, God with us. What a gift. What makes a great gift? Giving is part of life. You can't get away from it. We give, away, we give on Christmas Day, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, birthdays, these are just a few things that we do when we give. Churches and newspapers or the news remind us of the needs of other people. You know, when the, when the uh, hurricane stru struck and all the floods take place, they remind us we need to help give to people. What do you do? How do you respond? What counts? Okay. We're about done. Somebody, oh, wow. Christmas shopping. Turn with me to the book of Luke this time. Luke chapter 20. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. For your love that endures forever. That's Luke chapter 20, and we want to go begin with verse 45, and we will go right through chapter 21, and we'll end there someplace in chapter 21. Okay, that's beginning with Luke chapter 20. And we will start with verse 45. Then in the audience of all the people, he said to his, unto his disciples, Beware the scribes which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets and high, highest seats in the synagogues and the chief rooms at feast, which devour widows' houses and for a show, make long prayers, 
the same shall receive greater damnation. Chapter 21, beginning verse 1. And he looked up and saw rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw, verse 2, and he saw a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, Oh, of a truth, I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God. But she of her penury hath cast in all the living she had. The poor woman gives two mites, the widow woman, money that she was living on. It said it was all she had, so this is the money that she lives on. And when she cast it into the receptacle, it got Jesus' attention, got God's attention. Jesus said this is the greater gift. So what determines the value of a gift? It's not what you have given, but what you have kept. The rich people gave money, lots of money, but they had more at their disposal. This woman gave everything she had. She kept nothing back from God. That's what giving is really all about. Putting the needs of someone else before yourself. Self-denial. That's what Jesus came to do. Self-denial. He is the perfect gift. To sacrifice your own interests, your own ambitions for someone else's. That's the perfect gift. How did she manage to do so? One word tells it all. Faith. She had faith. She trusted in God. Because she knew that God was bigger than any gift that you can give. He expressed her love for God, but she gave her all. We sang that song. What's that in your hand? She gave it all. He can use it and make it great. Jesus denied himself that we might live. God showed what he is really like. He shows us that he will forgive every single person that turns to him, no matter what we've done or who we are. That's the gift. The greatest gift exchange was God giving Jesus so that we may become his children. Hebrews chapter 12. In Hebrews chapter 12.
Hebrews chapter 12, looking at verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. What was the joy that was set before him? You and I? To bless us? To have an intimate relationship with him? To have fellowship with him for all eternity? This is the gift of great exchange. You and I were chosen by God to be his very own child. What an honor and privilege knowing that God paid the most supreme sacrifice for us. The gift exchange. God so loved us that he gave his best. That we can be with him. That's why we can say, Amen. This is the day the Lord hath made. And we should rejoice and be what? Glad in it. Amen. Psalms 118, verse 24. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. What a benefit. The great exchange. You and I for Jesus. Who forgiveth thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who Redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies thy mouth with good things. Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. We mentioned it last week. This is why we can rejoice this season. No matter what the circumstances you may be facing, Jesus paid the price that we can stand tall we are the redeemed and we should say so glory to God we need to shout praises of joy Jesus is the joy of your salvation, my salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Title of this sermon is, guess what? The gift exchange. So when if you're at a party, and it's your turn, and you see something of value, you take it. But God was at a party. And he saw the openness of you and I 
And somehow he loved us. And he exchanged his son for you and me. What a day to rejoice in. Christmas, you know, is one day a year, but it, the gift is every day. That's why we should say, this is the day the Lord has made, we shall rejoice in it. And be glad. Not be sad. Amen. Glory to God. I told you it'd be quick. This is your day. This is your year. God esteemed and loved you, loves us so much that he gave his son for you and me. In the natural, God made a big mistake. It would seem. But love prevails. Jesus was willing to make the sacrifice to be the exchange, his exchange gift. I'll take you and me, he said, and I'll take what you have. Amen. Glory to God. Anybody need prayer this morning? Come forward.